the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith. We are the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. With your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell. Many of us have seen movies that involve hitmen or deadly assassins. Most of us know that Hitmen and assassins are not only dangerous murderers, but they can attack you without warning anytime, any place, and anywhere. When we see that ominous red dot appear on the victim's head, we know that a bullet is not far behind. Hitmen and assassins show no mercy or compassion. They carry out their mission with deadly accuracy and extreme prejudice leaving a wake of death and destruction behind them. But have you ever thought about Satan as a hitman or an assassin? Could there be possibly a spiritual red dot looming on your forehead? Are you caught in his demonic crosshairs? Are you unaware that you might be his next target? Well, tonight, Dr. Buckner brings us part six in our new series entitled The Ten Characteristics of Satan as it relates to a hitman or an assassin. So stay tuned for this and much, much more, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know that you're going to be blessed and encouraged by our program tonight. And as Brother Gary has said, we are talking about the 10 characteristics of a hitman as it relates to Satan. And uh, I tell you, uh, we want to really uh, take note of this uh, series and uh, really apply these principles uh, to our lives because Every day of our lives, Satan is trying to hit us in one way or another. And we see across this world, people are getting hit left and right by the enemy. And if you don't have the full armor on, you'll become a doomed casualty. You will definitely become a doomed casualty in this warfare world by which we're living. And uh, every preacher, every teacher, every person who... Uh, God has entrusted to teach the Bible, should be teaching people about spiritual warfare. And uh, because if we don't understand it, we can be duped by the enemy and deceived by the enemy. So we come tonight to number nine uh, in this uh, series on uh, the 10 characteristics of a hitman as it relates to Satan. And uh, I have said this uh, over and over and over again that, uh, you know, a hitman is uh, uh, on the physical realm is someone that you can see uh, 
on a physical lane. Uh, but uh, when it comes to Satan on a spiritual lane, uh, you cannot see him. Uh, he is invisible, and that makes him even more dangerous and more dangerous at the things that he does. And if you don't have your spiritual glasses on and the spiritual armor on, uh, he can get you. Because Jesus said, the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. He is not your friend, my friend. Uh, he's out to steal, kill, and destroy you. Those are the three things that Satan goes after every child of God and every person that's not a child of God. And so this number nine tonight, uh, we are going to say that a hitman or an assassin is untrustworthy. He's an untrustworthy. And why is he untrustworthy? Because you can never trust him uh, under no circumstances. You know, uh, I don't know of anybody who will uh, go uh, and say on a private level and a public level that I trust a hitman. Uh, They'll have to be insane to think that way. And people are insane on a spiritual level because a lot of them are trusting Satan and they don't even know it because they don't know God and they don't know Satan. If you don't know God, you can't understand Satan because God reveals the nature of Satan. So you got to know God. You know, uh, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Notice the word trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. That means you are to trust God in everything. If you don't, you're trusting Satan. And he's not trustworthy. And this is what we're going to be talking about tonight in terms of this number nine. Satan the devil, he's can never be trusted under no circumstances. Why? Why is that, that he cannot be trusted? Because Jesus reveals his nature in John 8 and 44. He says he is not only a murderer, which means that he is a hitman. When he calls him a murderer, that's in John 8 and 44. I want you to take note of that. In John 8 and 44, Jesus calls him, he reveals the nature of Satan in several ways. One is that he calls him a murderer. That means that he is indeed a hit man in the spiritual realm. But he not only calls him a murderer, but he calls him a liar and the father of all lies. Now, that means that he cannot be trusted. He's untrustworthy. He cannot be trusted. Just like a hitman cannot be trusted, Satan cannot be trusted as well. And so uh, Jesus is letting us know, don't trust him. <clears throat> and when you are not trusting God, you're not doing what God called you to do, then you open the door up. You open Pandora's box for all the evils of the world for Satan to use against you in a self-destructive way. Satan is the same way that he was in the Garden of Eden. He lied to our foreparents. Now, I want you to notice this. Satan doesn't change up his methods. He just uses the same old methods that he used in the Garden of Eden because it he, it worked with two perfect human beings. And he knows if, if it, he can get past two perfect human beings, he can get past uh, several 
uh, or humanity that's imperfect beings. Now, I want you to understand this, that in the Garden of Eden, Satan did the two things that Jesus described him to be in John 8 and 44. He says he is a liar. He lied to Adam and Eve and to Eve. Take of this fruit and you will uh, become as gods, knowing good and evil, and you will not surely die. Well, uh, it was a lie because she never became a god. And number two, she died. And humanity dies as a result of that. See, Satan cannot be trusted. He got in the Garden of Eden and he lied. And behind the lie, he set up a murder. He was a hitman. His first hit on society, listen to this carefully, his first hitman in society was in the Garden of Eden. He hit up the Garden of Eden and our four parents, and he hit them up with a lie and then he hit him up with murder. He said, God said, you eat of this fruit, you will surely die. And they did. You see, Satan cannot be trusted under no circumstances. And you should not trust him. Now, it's interesting how I lay out kind of like like these seven T's. I'm just going to give you seven T's that I think is interesting you know, when you deal with um, the enemy, God wants you to trust him. That's the first T. He wants you to trust him. And then the second T, in the trusting, he, you're going to go through, number two, a testing. And when you go through the testing, the testing is going to bring forth, number three, a trial in your life. And number four, it's going to bring forth tribulation in your life. And number five, it's going to bring forth temptation in your life. And number six, it's going to bring triumph in your life. And then after the number six point, number seven, it's going to bring a testimony in your life. See, all of these T's uh, is paramount in relationship to being Uh, the enemy coming at you to dupe you and deceive you. Now, so you want to always do one major thing so that you will never give in to the lies of Satan because he is untrustworthy. So what's the answer in dealing with somebody that's untrustworthy, someone that you cannot trust who's going to set you up with two major things? I want you to never forget this. Any, everybody that's listening to this message tonight, I want you to remember the words that Jesus said regarding Satan and his nature in John 8 and 44. He is a liar and he is a murderer. Now, how do you deal with a liar and a murderer? Well, Jesus gives the answer to that in John 14 and 6. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by me. Now, Jesus lays out all of these things. I am the way. So if you follow him as the way, you won't go Satan's way. If you follow him as the truth, you will not follow a lie. And he is the life. He's come to give you life. That's what it says in John 10 and 10. I'm come that you might have life. But he says also Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, you have a choice. You have a choice. You are stuck in the middle. 
uh, you have a choice between God and Satan. You can choose to believe the lies of Satan and end up being separated from God throughout eternity and dealing with not only a physical death, but a spiritual death and a and a death that is a a an eternal death where you are separated from God throughout all eternity. Or you can say, I'm going to follow the truth. Because Jesus said, listen to this now. This is so profound. Jesus said the truth will make you free. But following Satan will make you follow a lie that will enslave you. You don't want to be enslaved by the enemy. So you must follow the truth because Jesus said the truth will make you free. Don't you want that? So you got to repent of your sins. you got to receive Jesus. you got to turn to him, and he will give you that abundance of life and joy and peace, and he will give you that triumphant spirit, and he will give you the armor so you can stand in the face of Satan because the greatest thing that Satan doesn't like when you are a Christian is not fighting against him with your emotions and your feelings because he'll get you every time. You got to fight against the enemy with the truth of Scripture, and that's why Jesus said, it is written, it is written. He followed the truth of Scripture, and that's what you must do. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches regarding the truth of Jesus Christ. He's the only way, the truth, and the life. May you follow him and find that eternal joy in this life and the life to come. Brother Gary. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecturer, Counselor, and Expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. First of all, we want to begin by thanking everyone who's been in prayer for Contending for the Faith. We need your prayers to stay on the air. We also need your ongoing support. We're listener-supported, and it costs us 400 a week to stay on the air. We also want to thank those who gave this week, CR, Charles, Bomani, Camila, Richard, and Carol. But we have to say we are in need of $300 for tonight's program. We won't be able to stay on the air with just two or three people giving each week. We need a consistent uh, core group of folks stepping up to the plate every week to help keep this ministry on the air. Uh, If you've been blessed by contending for the faith, won't you step up and partner with us? There's two ways you can donate. One, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Again, that's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the donate button. It's that simple. And you'll be a blessing for time and eternity. You know, as we enter into the summer months, uh, it's very critical uh, for folks to remember to be faithful in their giving. We understand the need for uh, time off. And we understand the need for rest and relaxation and taking that vacation. But don't take a vacation from your giving. It is so important 
to ministries like ours who are listener-supported. We need your continuous prayer support as well as your financial partnership in supporting this ministry. So it's vitally important. Uh, This is a critical time, so we need your support. Um, As we mentioned earlier, we are in need of $300 just for tonight. So it's it's that serious. If you enjoy contending for the faith, if this program has blessed you, now's the time to step up. Now's the time to hit a home run. Now's the time to round all the bases. <laughs> Come on home for contending for the faith, Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary. That's so true. And we, um, you know, depend upon the uh, listening audience to step up to the plate, as Brother Gary said, and knock a home run. And uh, we just state the, the need, and we trust that uh, those out there are getting blessed by the program will step up to the plate and knock a home run and uh, meet that need of the 300 plus uh, more. So we're going to trust God to move on your hearts this week so we can come back next week and continue to do what we're doing uh, because we can't operate this program just uh, on the knowledge we have and love. You know, it has to operate with uh, financial support and prayer as well. Well, uh, Brother Gary, let's get to uh, our uh, callers. And All right. Let's go to CC on line one. CC, how are you doing? Hey, how are you guys doing? We are truly blessed. And uh, how did you get blessed by the word tonight? Man, that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's an awesome message. Man, man, they, all of them are, though, man. I, I got blessed, blessed in a number of ways, but you brought something to, to my attention, too, when you said um, about trusting God, and you have to trust Him in everything, and then when you said that... Um, Jesus, is, he says he's the truth, the way, and the life, and for you to know truth, you have to come to him, and for you to um, come to him, you have to know that he knows the right way. I didn't, just the way you put that, I never looked at that verse that way. I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, man, I'm glad that uh, the Lord has used me to give some additional insight to the truth of his word. That's what we pray for, and we're blessed to hear you say that. Uh, so, and what's on your heart tonight as far as uh, a question? Okay, um, on my heart is, um, also I want to say, too, the other part, too, about um, you said he couldn't be trusted. That, that, like you said, you couldn't trust a hit, man. That really, that really resonated with me. You, you know, Satan can't be trusted. A lot of people trust in him. But, so I, I, I really thank you for that. But I'm in Romans chapter 3, verse 5. Okay, and, um, and what's your question around that? Um, I want to ask you, um, what, what did this verse mean? Basically, you know, the first thing, you know. Okay, and why don't you read it so the listening audience could uh, be blessed by it. Romans 3, verse 5 says, But if our righteousness commend the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God unrighteous who takes vengeance? I speak as a man. And this is a reading of the word. That last part jumped at me, too, when he said, I speak as a man. If you could touch on that when you close out, because I always always wonder what he meant by that, you know. The verse as a whole. Right, right. Uh, well, that's a good uh, question. <clears throat> so, uh, this is a very powerful scripture, uh, but if our unrighteousness commends the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God's unrighteousness who taketh vengeance? I speak as a man. <clears throat> In other words, uh, Paul is using a, a, a sense of sarcasm that if. Um, the, the opposite is true uh, to 
his argument uh, that is, uh, if man is righteous and uh, God is unrighteous, or if man is righteous, uh, then it not only uh, conjures up the vengeance of God, but it brings forth the fact that Paul is saying that I'm speaking as a man. I'm not, you know, Paul didn't speak just as a man. He spoke as an apostle. So he was an apostle that was uh, led by the Holy Spirit, but he's being sarcastic in the sense of saying that if uh, God is unrighteous and man is righteous, then uh, I have to argue the point that I'm speaking as a man, which is he trying to give a slap of reality in the face of the ones that he's writing to, because who is he writing to? Uh, Well, he's writing to uh, the Jews who literally thought that they were righteous through uh, inheritance of their ethnicity. Uh, They thought that because they were Jews that 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 gave them the right to to the throne uh, inheritance of God. And uh, they also thought that they, being born Jews, that and and Abraham being their father, uh, that uh, this brought about purity within their lineage and culture and traditions and and also the rituals that they brought forth and the rules and all of that. But what Paul is debunking is the fact that let every man be a liar and let God be true because God made it clear that the, the, the righteousness that we have is not by uh, tradition or inheritance or lineage, a culture or tradition. Uh, this is the problem not only with the Jews, but the, the Hebrew Israelites, uh, the nation of Islam, uh, white supremacy groups. They think because of their race and their ethnicity that they have some special righteousness and Paul is debunking all of that. And uh, the thing is, I often will ask this question, and let me give you a test question. And, and, and everybody out there listening could try to answer this. And I'm wondering what people are going to say when I ask them this question. But if I were to ask you a question, Cece, if you were to die right now and stand before God. Now, this is a very strong evangelistic question that I think everyone should use in their discipleship classes, because we do this in our church, and it's a, and when we're taking people through discipleship, we ask this question, and it's amazing the answers you get from it. But if you were to die right now and stand before God, and God says, Cece, why should I let you into the kingdom of God? What would you say? Based upon what Jesus Christ did upon the cross and his, and his righteousness. Well, you know what? You gave a good answer because it's about his righteousness. And you're, you're pointing the fact that it's not anything that I've done, but it's what Christ has done for me. And because of his righteousness... I should have a right to enter into the kingdom of God. So that's the way we answer it. But you'll be surprised how many people, when you ask them that question, they'll say, well, I go to church every Sunday. I've been baptized. You know, um, you know, uh, I done this. I did this and I did that. I was a pretty good father. I was a pretty good husband, pretty good mother, and on and on and on. 
But the reality check is that it boils down to Christ and his righteousness. Gary, you want to add anything to that? Well, well? you know, when you get down to verse 9 through 11, you kind of <clears throat> it's the shot to the head right mm-hmm. there. There it is. Yeah, because there's no one righteous, as it is written, not even one. There's no one who understands. There's no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have all together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. So he brings it home there that uh, none of us can make it, you know, otherwise Jesus would have had to get off the cross and we would have had to get up there. But that that didn't happen. So we know that in our, our righteousness, as Scripture says, is as filthy rags. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the, the graphic depiction, I've, I've heard several interpretations. One was used menstrual cloths. That's what our righteousness looks like. The other one was a uh, the cloths that they used to wrap lepers in. That's what our righteousness looks like. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty that's, gra- that's graphic. graphic that. right. it's a, <laughs> but it's a graphic reality. It is a reality that, yes. that our righteousness is, is a horrible thing. We, yeah. we can't even, we don't even want to bring that up as, a, as a, 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 an argument <laughs> so to get true. into heaven. So yeah. true. Well, hopefully that helps you out, uh, Brother Cece. Hey, I really appreciate that. That helped me out a lot because I was—I've was, been wrestling with that verse for a while, and I—I I wanted to ask you for it, so I was really waiting, even you know, wait, even waiting even more so for the show because I really want to, you know, I wanted to want to know what that verse is. I know you're pretty, you're well gifted, and you know, you, you you know, and you're led by the Spirit, you know, and God is using it in many ways, and I appreciate it. Hey, so I really look over that even more so now, and it makes me appreciate um, His righteousness even more now, you know. Amen. Amen. Well, it's all about Jesus and what he's done, and we can rejoice in that righteousness. And when you look at uh, the religions of the world, uh, it's it's based upon works. They believe that we're going to get into heaven because it's what I've done. And and that's the, the damnable teachings of the world religions and cults. It's not just world religions, but it's cults too. They believe that's why they're out there working and praying so many hours and doing this and doing that. It's, it's based upon works, what I've done. And it's not about what I've done. It's about what he's done. And uh, it, that's the end of the story right there is what he's done for us at that cross. And in that, in that we have he gives us the imputed righteousness that mm-hmm. comes from him. See, there is, uh, there is two Greek words for, uh, for righteousness, and that it is the imputed righteousness. You know, we mm-hmm. as theologians use these terms. Imputed righteousness refers to the fact. Have you ever heard that word before, C.C.? Uh, yes, I have. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know what it means? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. What do you think it means? Well, you can fill me in because I know you probably know more, but uh, imputed righteousness um, actually means that he imputed his righteousness like to us. It's, it's just like, like our account was, uh, my account was empty. It was full of sin, and his righteousness was, uh, was imputed, imputed to me. It's just like my, you know, just like I had no, any fun. I mean, that's a really um, generic term I'm using, but it's, it's like I, I was empty of, of any righteousness, and my account was full of sin. And in terms of that, he imputed his righteousness to me and took his sins upon himself. 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and and that fits right into this chapter, imputed righteousness. Mm-hmm. It comes, comes from him. And then there's another word, imparted, imparted righteousness. You know what that means? Uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm not completely sure all the way because I'm kind of rusty on it, so you can fill me in. Okay, imparted righteousness refers to Christ's life, you see. So it's it's not that we just have an imputed righteousness imparted to us, but when we have that in, in, imputed righteousness in, imputed to us, we have to take that imputed righteousness and start living the Christian life. And so Christ gives us power through his life to live that righteous life. That's why imparted righteousness is import, important with imputed righteousness. They both go together like a hand in a glove. So that's something very important to know. And that's why Paul talks about this kind of a little bit in Galatians 2 and 20. I'm crucified with Christ. And nevertheless, I live, let not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I live, so he uses the life that I live, is in Christ, see? So he gives us that imparted uh, righteousness. Um, what is your prayer uh, request? So we almost got only a minute. So what's your prayer request so we can pray before we go to the next caller? Well, if you can pray for me and my family, and also pray for um, wisdom and my mother, my father, uh, Rosalinda, and all of my loved ones. And if you lift up um, Michael Jackson's uh, family, you know, because of um, the uh, departure of Joe Jackson, so I know they're pretty they're going through it right now. I pray they would use this for God to, you know, reach through them and then continue to pray for that young guy. Um, his name is Eminem, the rapper. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, the Joe Witness is very important because they are Joe Witnesses, the Michael Jackson family. We need to pray for them because they believe in that Jehovah Witness stuff. Brother Gary. All right. <clears throat> so, Lord, we just thank you for Brother Cece. We pray that you continue to bless him and bless his family, his mother, Rosalinda, and, and all of his loved ones. We pray also for the rapper Eminem and the Jackson family, Lord God, that you would deliver them from this cult, that you would open their eyes, Lord God, that they would see the truth. That, Lord God, you would just surround them with people that would witness and bear witness of your goodness and the truth of who you are, the living and true God. We thank you and praise you and give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, CC. God bless you. Thank you. All right. It's time for us to take that commercial break, and we'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, we want to begin again by thanking everyone who's been praying for contending for the faith, as since we're on the subject of prayer. Uh, it's so vital that you continue to pray for us, because we know that that's been keeping us going for all these many years. And also, your financial support has been keeping us going. Your partnership with us in the area of giving is so vital, because this is a listener-supported ministry, and we have to tell you we need your support. That's just the reality. So if you've enjoyed Contending for the Faith, if the program has blessed you, if you have received information and insight as a result of listening to the program, then we want to encourage you tonight, now's the time, to step up to the plate and give to Contending for the Faith. You know, we're in desperate need right now. We need $300 just to complete tonight's program, let alone next week and the weeks to come. So we need folks to rally. It's time um, <clears throat> for you to step up. And uh, not only be praying, but also giving. There's two ways in which which you can give. Uh, The first, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 
P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. And the second way is so much easier. Simply go onto your laptop or your tablet, your smartphone. Go online to contendingfaith.org and click on the Donate button. And it's that simple. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity and you'll help keep this program alive and on the air as we continue to do the work that God has called us to do. And we realize that there are times when people go on vacation and they need to take a break and they need to refresh themselves, and we appreciate that. But don't take a vacation from giving. Don't take a break from donating. It's important that we are consistent in our obligations and consistent in our giving to ministries like Contending for the Faith and others who are also going through these uh, tough summer months. So we want to encourage you. Be a blessing. Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary. And I couldn't have said any better than that. So we're going to let the Holy Spirit work through you on that to touch the hearts of the people and get uh, to our next caller. All right. We're going to go to Manda. Welcome, Manda. How you doing, Manda? I'm doing fine. How are you? Uh, we're blessed by the very best, and we're too blessed to be stressed by the devil's mess. Hey, you know, I think I just heard that about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. It's a good word. Good word. <laughs> uh, how can we help you tonight? Well, let's see. I, I liked hearing your um, sermon and what was, um, I guess, um eating at me about it was you had mentioned Satan's a murderer and a liar, and that's forceful, and it's true. But then I want to have you talk about go to the nitty-gritty, which is his trickery. I mean, that's why we got sucked into him and into his ways, is because he's so tricky. So I would love to hear you talk about that, and then... Through that trickery, I don't know about others, but for me, I'm always scratching my head like, gee, should I go this way or should I go that way on this decision? Mm-hmm. And it's constantly eating at me because I feel God pulling me, and then I feel Satan's like, or, or I'm assuming it's Satan because it's the opposite, and it's uh, putting fears in my head. You know, oh, but this could happen. Oh, but this. So, you know, I'll give you an example that's on my plate, okay? And I'm struggling with the discernment. So where I live, I have an extra room that I could offer somebody. Now, I need the rent money. But with the uh, wildfires of the north in California... And other people's situations that they don't expect, I've come across people who need free rent. And it's just not somebody who needs free rent because they're not working or they're not trying. They've had a setback. A setback that they didn't control, they couldn't control, they didn't plan on, like the wildfires. And so, you know, it, so part of me is going, gee Wilkers, I got this room. I could just give it to them. But then I get on this next door, one of those sites, 
and they say, whoa, watch out when you try and do good by somebody to give them a free room for a month or two or three. Um, you can't evict them. Um, they get into your, I'm not a tech person, so forgive me on this, but they get into your, uh, they can, uh, whatever it's called, when they get into all your tech stuff and cause mm-hmm. trouble. And so all of a sudden, I'm, I like put on the brakes, like I'm scared, like, gee, I don't want to get somebody, you know, I'm trying to do goodwill and then, you know, they take advantage of me. So, you know, these are the polls I have where God's calling me to do one thing and this other voice is, Right, and so to narrow it down, because our time is uh, almost up, but to narrow everything down, what is your direct question for us? Oh, How can we we help you? What would you you like for me to answer for you? Okay, sorry. I didn't know it was to answer for me. I thought it would just add to your sermon. No, yeah. To help us, us listeners, um... To I don't know share a Bible verse or whatever where that discernment about discernment. well let me let me just say this <clears throat> the thing is um, when it comes to discernment you know I I taught a class on spiritual gifts and I'm gonna be teaching another class uh, in September <clears throat> but one of the best ways to develop a spirit of discernment first of all you have to pray and ask God for it. Uh, secondly, because it is uh, one of the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, Secondly, uh, discernment comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you an example of a classic case of discernment in the Bible. You have the incident in Acts chapter 5. Most of the time when we talk about Acts chapter 5 with Peter confronting Ananias and Sapphira, we generally talk about the deity of Christ, right? That you know, he brings forth the deity that he's God and, you know, that sort of thing. But, and also that the Holy Spirit was lied to. But we seldom forget that uh, Peter uh, actually exercised in Acts chapter 5, he exercised the gift of discernment because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And because he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he was able to discern. He exercised the gift of discernment. He was able to discern uh, the lies and the deception of Ananias and Sapphira, and the scripture says that they died um, uh, one after the other. So it's being filled with the Holy Spirit, saying, Holy Spirit, fill me. And when you ask that, he will fill you. And then the trickery of the enemy, I mean, I think this all boils down to us really uh, developing a strong prayer life, Secondly, a strong uh, life in the Word of God, because when we're in the Word of God and the Word of God is in us, we we learn about from Genesis to Revelation. That's why people should read the whole entire Bible. We read and learn the trickery of Satan from Genesis to Revelation, because his trickery started in the garden, and he always comes forth with uh, the lies, like I said in my message, and murdering. And so when we or into prayer. Every time you, the thing that is so good about prayer is every time you enter into prayer, 
you bring yourself in the presence of God and Satan leaves. So he hates prayer. Anything he hates, we need to utilize it to deal with his trickery. He hates prayer. He hates us being in the word of God because biblical illiteracy is the thing that, that where Satan gets us. But when we're biblically literate uh, literate in the word of God, then we start to defeat the enemy in his trickery. And then we also need to be um, a accountable to the uh, family of God. We need to be accountable to the family of God and other brothers and sisters who are wise and we can gain from their wisdom and knowledge and be accountable to them because that keeps us on the, the right path and towards discernment and things like that. And then the last thing is the armor of God. We have to have the armor of God from Ephesians chapter 6 because that's the thing that uh, keeps us, the en- keeps the enemy off of us in terms of his trickery. And most Christians today are ignorant when it comes to spiritual warfare. And that's why I spend a lot of time teaching that and training uh, Christians on those things. So that's really important. And hopefully some of the things I've said here is helpful because you've got to really utilize all of these principles that I mentioned to you. And if you do, uh, you're going to be victorious. And that's what Jesus did. He was deep into prayer. He was deep in the word of God. When he used the word of God in Matthew 4 and Luke 4, he was able to defeat the enemy through the word of God. He said, it is written, and he got away. And Paul goes forth talking about spiritual warfare in Ephesians 6, because the trickery will get us if we're not covered by the armor of God. We got to be covered, and we got to have that armor on every day, or we'll become a doomed casualty. If we don't get equipped, we will get whipped by the enemy. So hopefully some of the things I've said is is helpful to you, and you know you have our number and everything like that, and we can dialogue some more about this, but hopefully some points here has helped you. And Gary, I don't know if you want to yeah, add I, to that as well. You know, I always tell people, look, the most important relationship you'll ever have is your relationship with God. Amen? And that means you got to spend you got to spend time with God. Uh, Hebrews 11, 11, 6 says, God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Because when you're in, when you have that time with God and you're spending that time in God's word, he will make things clear. Uh, Psalms 37, 23, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. So when we spend time with God, we're going to get direction. We're going to get wisdom. Psalm 119.98 says, your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. We're going to have joy. Nehemiah 8.10, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. There are so many. I could go on and on and on. These are all byproducts of spending time with God and spending time in God's word. 80% of our problems will go away if we just spent time with the Lord. I tell people this all the time. If you don't get anything else out of this, I'm just going to push you into God's arms because if you spend that time with him, you will find direction. You will find peace. You won't have these question marks about bringing people into your home because God will show you he's not trying to hide stuff from us, especially things that might be a danger. Right. So the more we spend time with God again, the more you will recognize you will recognize his voice. It won't be a question of, oh, is that God or is that the devil? Right. Because Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. You'll know his voice because you spent so much time with him. Right. Does that make sense? Hello. Oh. Both of you, yes. Can you hear me? Yeah. Well, good, good. And, yeah. and so yeah. the, the spending time with God, as Gary is saying, is so critical. 
And I want to add to that is accountability with other wise Christian people mm-hmm. because you want to have yeah. that time alone with God, but you, when you're young in the Lord, you also need to be covered by other strong believers because that's a covering for you to keep you doubly protected. So hopefully some of the things between the two of us has really helped you out, and I trust that it has. Mm-hmm. And there's wisdom in the multitude of counsel. If you mm-hmm. have uh, a pastor at your church or elder or deacons or, or, or other ladies that mm-hmm. have been in the faith longer, you can bounce these things off of them as well. And, you know, people will say, hey, you know what, this person may be okay, this one may not be, you know, and they can give you some sound advice um, so you take into that all of these issues. Yeah, because the thing that gets us into trouble is isolation. And you you can take a, I'm going to give you this illustration. You can take a a sheep that's all by himself and have a wolf on the top of the mountain. And the wolf on top of the mountain, looking down at one sheep by himself, he licks his chops for lamb chops. But yeah. when he sees that sheep, around a whole bunch of other sheep and, and a shepherd and a shepherd and a sheep dog he looks and he goes the other way so that's what we got to do in our personal life this isolation being a long ranger christian you know that that's the the setup for the enemy is the isolation and never put yourself in that state because that's where the enemy would get you do you know what what we should do because our time is almost out let's let's uh have a prayer for you right now and then uh, you have my number and stuff like that, and we'll talk some more. So uh, let's pray for our sister right now, Brother Gary. All right. So, Lord, we just thank you for Sister Manda. We pray that you would continue to bless her, that she would carve out that time, that divine appointment every day with you, that spending that time with you and in your word, that you would speak to her and give her discernment, that you would speak to her and speak life into her and, and give her joy and peace and strength and courage and direction, and also surround her with a a host of believers, Lord God, a good church family that will uh, help her to be accountable and help her to grow. And, Lord God, that you would just continue to bless her life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Fernanda. God bless you, and we'll be talking Amen. soon. Take care. Excellent. Thank All you right. so much. All right. Thank you so much. God All bless. right. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast, and we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, Frederick, our phone counselor, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you, your letters and cards. They're an encouragement to us, so please drop us a note and let us know how the program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.